Listen up or run for cover. Dropping knowledge from the people who have it to the people who need it. The, the real Bradley Bombs is dropping. What it is, Brad Lee back again with another episode of Dropping Bombs today in the studio, folks. I've got a real treat for you. But before I introduce that real treat, I want to make sure that you guys go hit like and subscribe on the YouTube. Go give me a rating or two and share this podcast out when you're done listening to it. Because if it doesn't help you, you know it's going to help other people. Now, back to the treat, folks. I've always thought to myself, man, when I get these calls and I and I submit my name to the do not call list, so I do not get these calls, they still somehow come in. So I've found the gentleman that handles a lot of this, the director of sales and marketing for Contact Center Compliance, Ryan Thurman. What's cracking? How's it going, Brad? Thanks for having me on the show. Dude. I'm pleased to have you here. I want to I want to pick your brain on some of this just to get the listeners kind of up to speed. You know, you've been with the the company, the company that you guys might know them at as is dnc.com. Do not call. Do not call list. You've heard it. You know, add me to the do not call list, unsubscribe. You get text messages, you get phone calls and technically you're you're not necessarily asking for those. And ultimately, you put your name somewhere along the lines in some sort of form, whether it was, you know, to get a free membership or whatever reason, and your name became what's known as a lead. Now, because I am getting in the lead business with SalesHammer, saleshammer.io, if you guys want to go check it out, I mean, salespeople spend all this time prospecting. And very little time closing and they make a great living. Imagine if they could spend all their time closing. Well, how do you do that? Well, if you want to eliminate prospecting, just buy leads. So anyway, I'm getting in the lead game. Why? Because I know how to find buyers that are wanting products and services. And then fortunately, SalesHammer does scrub it through the DNC and do some things. We're going to talk about that here in a minute. And then we sell people leads, whether you're in, you know, looking for solar leads, whether you're looking for freaking insurance, Medicare, you know, all kinds of leads. Saleshammer.io is where you're going to go get them. The system's up and running. We're starting to crush. We're changing the game. And Ryan Thurman has been asked here to for me to pick his brain on, you know, the do not call list. Why is it important? What's going on out there with these compliance issues and people getting sued people being asked to be on the list. And so that's the conversation today on dropping bombs. So Ryan, let me ask you a question. Now you're the sales and marketing director for contact center compliance, which is really DNC, correct? That is correct. Yeah. So we, we help these companies that are buying leads in the healthcare, solar mortgage, uh, education space, hospitality, resort industry, comply with the law so that they can find ways to reach out to these contacts with these leads that they're buying, whether they're generating the traffic themselves or going through a solution where they've got some pre-qualified leads like through sales hammer. So we will sit in the back end and be their partner to help them figure out what rules apply to them and basically deal with things like the do not call list, TCPA and what really is um, 
driving people crazy is the rise of the private party lane, uh, lawsuits that are out there. So yeah, there's different ways you can get in trouble with the government and with, um, being sued directly in these class actions, which, you know, yeah. a lot of people are familiar with. And well, when you say the one that, when you say you can get in trouble, who the person answering the phone, the person working at the place that uh, was provided the lead. It's usually the lead buyer and it can be sometimes the lead seller that can also have liability underneath the TCPA, which is the most dangerous statute, which that basically covers calls and texts to mobile or VoIP devices using any sort of a dialer technology. So most companies, what if you're using your fingers? If you're hand dialing. Yeah. If you're hand dialing, that does help you, uh, get around some of the onerous TCPA statutes because um, the limitation for TCPA really is around the use of, of automated calling technology. Oh, so okay. that's actually in the news right now because uh, this December, the Supreme Court is going to decide on the Facebook case, which will figure out once and for all what the definition of a dialer is. So most companies use something that right now, depending on what district court you end up in, especially here in California, that would qualify as a dialer that is a really like broad definition or some district courts, um, it, it's very limited. So click to call, for example, preview dialer or peer-to-peer texting is a little bit more um, outside the box. But what's happening with the Supreme Court is basically... Um, Facebook has filed this petition for the government to clarify their stance on the FCC's ATDS rule, which basically means that uh, we're going to have a showdown. And what's interesting is the government has, um, has actually agreed with the uh, Facebook legal briefing, not to get off course, but it's it's interesting because these lead buyers, they struggle with what kind of technology, uh, Brad, that they can actually use to call these leads, right? And so uh, sometimes, you know, just by using a click-to-call or manual doesn't always get you around the rules because guess what? you still got these state rules that are out there and you have these litigators who will basically fill out a, a lead form or act like a customer uh, only in order to induce the call because they know that the lead buyers it's all about speed to lead, right? So they're not always uh, being careful with, you know, who the person is, are they a litigator, is the right phone number? And so it's easy for these litigators to get into the lead stream, fill out a lead form or act like a prospect or even sign up for services. And then meanwhile, you get a healthcare company that calls one of these individuals or several of them. And all of a sudden you've got a demand letter for $50,000, $100,000 if you don't uh, settle with them within a week. So a lot of it's a shakedown that um, the yep. lead buyers become vulnerable to it. And then <clears throat> with the TCPA, you can drag in um, under the vicarious liability rule um, <laughs> other folks that were involved. So, Dude. so it can be a lot, it can, it can, it can really wreck your summer. I mean, uh, well, I'll put it well, that way. It's, well, well, let me back you up a little bit only because again, Obviously, you know a lot about this, but mo- the average listener will not. Now, now in the bomb squad, I'm sure there's people that buy leads. Now, what I want to do is kind of set the stage a little bit. So, like, for example, the do not call list, before I knew much about it, is basically a list that you can opt into. And that means, supposedly, you, nobody can call you anymore. Is that accurate or no? 
The do not call list was created so that people can opt out of um, unwanted telemarketing calls. Okay, so if you and so if you're on the list, yeah, you, you basically are protected from cold call telemarketing, but not from calls or texts from people you've done business with, or like in the lead business right now, most of what's going on is. Uh, companies have properties or solutions like sales hammers out there where sales hammer, where they're generating traffic. And so you have somebody who's saying, Hey, yeah, I'm interested in health insurance. I'd like to hear from XYZ insurance company. Now you have a business relationship that you can use to override the do not call list. Right. However, right. But however, if I add my name to the do not call list, uh, that means I don't want any telemarketers calling are you the, the list carrier? Are you the list holder? We, we, um, access the federal DNC list along with the States. So we're kind of a, we are, cause that's run by the FTC. So we're kind of a private company with access into the DNC data so that we can provide that visibility into our clients. So if a client comes to us and they need to comply with the DNC. We're the good guys because we're helping them filter out that data so that they don't call. You know, if you don't want these calls, yeah, they don't call. Exactly. We're providing right. that scrub solution, a data solution and plugging into their CRM or their dialer or into their sales hammer uh, instance in order to basically make it easy for them to comply because the government it's, they set it up just like, you know, when you do your taxes almost, it's like, if you try to go do it yourself, it's a train wreck. That's why everybody goes over and uses TurboTax or hires an accountant. But it's the same thing with compliance. Just because it's out there doesn't mean it's easy to just go consume. I mean, you're talking about 275 million numbers on the list and you've got to massage it and it's not easy. Are to there work 275 with, so. million people on the list? 275 million uh, con- numbers, which is consumers and businesses. So a lot of businesses have mistakenly put themselves on the list thinking it would stop telemarketing calls, but the federal do not call list doesn't apply to business to business calls. Some states have some rules around that. And there's some other issues with using a dialer and you can still run an list litigation around TCPA. But if you, if you <laughs> don't have a business relationship, if you're not, if you're not buying uh, warm leads or you're not, if you don't have some way to generate your own traffic and let's say you're doing things kind of what I would say would be the old school way, right? You're going to one of these list depositories. There's some big ones out there. I don't want to name names, but if you're going to just buy raw data and put it in a system and call it and you run it through the do not call list you're and foolish. you have no business. Yeah. You're, you're going to lose 70, 80, 90% of your records because there's so many people on the do not call list. Um, yeah, well, even well, like a B2B scrub is going to be a pretty high percentage. So that's why, I mean, right now, I mean, that's where it, things are red hot in the lead market because it gives you some ability to um, not break the law, but get around some of these do not call issues where you have a lot of numbers on the list and you can work on more focused, uh, folks that want to hear from you, right? It's, it's, it profile leads are definitely the, uh, probably the hottest market that, that at least our company is, is working in. And so, okay. okay so for the listeners, uh, if you want to be on the do not call list, like you don't like telemarketing calls, where would someone get on the do not call list? 
Uh, they would go to droppingbombs.com. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you, 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 y'all um, should go there no matter what on your way to the do not call website or wherever you go. But again, I'm going to, I'm going to give, would go to, you would go to the, the do not call.gov uh, no website call. and you can just put in your phone number there. Okay. So do if not, you're a, hold on you dude, you, 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 you're the only person I've met that, t- that likes to talk as much as I do. Hold, hold, hold on, because this, this is good, valuable information. I just think it's it hasn't been teed up correctly. People listening right now are going to be like, what the hell are we talking about? So I want to set the stage. If you guys are listening, Ryan is basically one of the big dogs over at DNC who helps people make sure you don't call people that don't want to be called. Because if you do, there's litigators out there in the world, and there's people out there in the world that literally make a living suing people that call people that are not supposed to be called. And they'll even, I believe in, in my personal opinion, entrap you. In other words, they're, they're trying to get you to call the people you shouldn't be calling. Well, the DNC.com, obviously, uh, contact center compliance helps companies make sure that doesn't happen because nobody wants to, you know, buy a batch of leads and end up in court and losing a bunch of money. And most of them settle out of court, but there's also people that don't want to be called. So I want to talk about that first. You go to do not call.gov, enter your number. And technically, Ryan, I'm, I'm speaking out loud. You can correct me. Technically, they're not supposed to call you. Now, if you heard a minute ago, Ryan said, well, that's for some. But again, there's reasons why you'll still get calls. Because, dude, I get calls all the time and I don't like them. Why? I didn't well, ask for them. I didn't ask for them. Right now, it's, it's political season, right? So, I mean... Honestly, if you if I tell people what I do for a living, that's usually the big thing right now is how do I stop the political calls or I get all these calls and texts and I'm on the list. There's really three reasons why that's happening. Number one, political calls are exempt. So they can call you as much as they want. They can that's, use that, a that's dialer, they still the law. need consent, but they're they're I mean they they wrote the law, <clears throat> so of course they're gonna exempt themselves, right? See? And Tricky bastards. <laughs> Uh, and then you have, and, and actually the outcome of this election is going to affect how compliance is going to, is going to be handled because I'll bet you, I'll bet you, which, I'll bet you, by the way, that Trump's campaign is not allowed to call Biden's is. Well, actually they've both been sued for TCPA, which is interesting. Both camps have been targeted by litigators because while political is exempt for the do not call, it's not exempt from TCPA. So if they're texting you or calling you, Technically, they need to have your consent to do so because most of them are using some sort of a dialer-based system. So that's why they've been targeted. And um, the the difference with Biden-Trump post-election is really about how the FCC is going to handle things because um, under Trump, he kind of had some, um, not to get too political, but he had some motivations to open up some of that free market and allow some of that uh, TCPA to be uh, watered down a little bit because it was kind of getting to an apex. But uh, with Biden and big government with the the DNC side, um, you might expect to see more rules, more restrictions. What if somebody, Um, what if somebody on the donut, like let's say I go to do not call.gov, I add my number and then I'm surfing the internet and I want someone to call me and I fill out a name and a, and a form and I say, call me. Now that becomes a lead from one of these lead creators. And then that lead gets sold to the business or entity that does what it is I asked for. And they call me. 
Is that is that, that is, legal for them to that do? Is a, it is allowed if the reasonable under the business relationship under the exemption for um, either you've done business with them before or they've asked for information about your product or services. So long as that person is going to reasonably expect to get a call from the service that they opted into. And that's the tricky part in the lead business because you can't really set up like a generic lead farm and then just get a bunch of people that opt into all these various services and then have a bunch of these lead buyers on the back end calling them randomly. It's got to be somewhat linear in the sense that the way the law is, at least the way I've always explained to my clients is you need to basically tell them who possibly could be calling them, right? You can't just say, hey, interested in solar. Okay, we're going to have 15, 40 companies call you. It's got to be the company that they would reasonably expect to call them based on the information they provided. And the same thing is kind of true with getting around some of the restrictions with TCPA with the way the opt-ins are handled because it's pretty stringent in charge of the language that companies have to get around the restrictions of using a dialer. Um, so that's really why when you look at the lead business, the, the capture and the handoff to the lead buyer, you want to make sure you have um, an attorney or a company like us do an assessment that that language is going to translate to the lead buyer so that, so that, um, that EBR, that business relationship carries over. That so EBR, <clears throat> what's that stand yeah, for? That's the, that, that's the established business relationship rule. So, mm. so one thing the FTC saw as necessary with the do not call was the fact that, Hey, we're going to have this rule about preventing calls, unsolicited calls, but you know, banks, credit unions, um, healthcare companies, people you do business with, they're still going to need a way to reach their customers. And so in order to not limit commerce, they created the exemption for people that want interest, that they want information about your services, which is one type of an EBR. Then they have the, um, I bought something from you in the past, which is a purchase or a customer. Then, then you can also consent to receive messages. And you probably notice now as a consumer, Anytime you go sign up for anything or you go get a new service with Comcast or whoever, they're going to ask you for an additional level of consent with a little checkbox. It'll say, I consent to uh, receive automated phone calls and doing so as in a condition of purchase. And you'll see it in there if you know, as, you, as you start to do this as a consumer. And what that is, is they're adapting to the ruling from about three years ago to get your consent for TCPA because that's like the highest level consent required if you're going to end up using anything that falls under definition of a, an auto dialer or an ATDS, which can be a text, a call. In a lot of cases, it could be even something that's connected to a dialer because of the draconian kind of definition. But essentially you, you've got these different la layers of consent that people are after. So in the, in the lead generation business, the golden standard is to generate something that has TCPA consent because that covers you for um, working against do not call, but also helps you so that you can, uh, if you get the right kind of consent, you do it with the linear kind of fashion I mentioned, then you can employ technologies like a text or a call uh, on something that um, 
still falls underneath that dialer rule. So you have kind of like two sets of standards. You have the do not call, which has really been around and um, continues to grow. And then you have this bigger class of restriction based on the use of technology and the convergence of mobile, because obviously most people, they're going to give you a mobile phone number, right? When you, uh, when they're seeking information. Um, And so with the mobile number, that's where their additional restrictions come or TCPA, which is really why you have these two governing bodies, both the FTC, which is the do not call and the FCC, which is the TCPA that drive buyers and lead uh, generators crazy because they can't always figure out how to apply different rules and they continue to be targeted by this, uh, these plaintiffs who basically wake up every morning and they hunt companies. Um, because they can, you can sue, you can sue under in, in TCPA world in any court, any jurisdiction, don't even need to have a real law degree. And that's what's happened is you get all these stay at home attorneys that are riding that bandwagon because there's a lot of money at the end of the rainbow. And most of these companies rarely take these cases to court because it's expensive. And so they're like, you're saying most of them end up being uh, settlements out of court with, pretty significant uh, dollar figures to them. So how do you know who's calling you? If you say, I don't want to be called, you know, how do you know which company's calling you? How do, how do these people know who to sue? Well, that's a good question um, because that's really the, I mentioned there's three types of calls you're getting as a consumer that are kind of these unwanted that they come up over a conversation at a barbecue, you know, obviously not doing too much of that now with COVID, but with neighbors is, um, they want to know how to stop these unwanted calls. And that's the other class of them is the illegal ones. There's a significant amount of robocallers that they don't comply with the rules. They're not going through a sales hammer. They're going off the grid and just basically calling anybody, everybody and doing a lot of fraud. You get the IRS scams, the car warranty scams. They're just basically switching numbers um, and using other people's caller ID numbers and all kinds of ways to call people. So how do you sue somebody that you're not aware of? Well, that's a good question. Um, It can be difficult to stop the folks that aren't going to use a compliance solution that are just going to go off the grid. Um, The really, you can try, you know, you can put yourself on the do not call. That's not going to be a silver bullet. You can block their numbers on your phone. Um, and then you can also file complaints with the FTC or FCC. With, so with if you're whom? getting unwanted calls, so you would file. So if you had a, if you had a complaint, if somebody was calling you and you didn't give them consent, you're on the DNC. Dude, it happens to me clear. every day. Yeah. The it's a cat and mouse game because they're using a lot of fake numbers or people's numbers that they just yeah, so go. What do you do in that case? Grab random. So, the one thing that these plaintiff's attorneys will do, and it's kind of the only way you can really find who they are is you have to trace the money. Usually it's some sort of an offshore operation if it's illegal, but it'll have a lot of roots to the States. So So basically to find them, um, you have to buy their shit. Yes, exactly. You got to, you got to play along so that you can figure out who they are. In a lot of cases they're trained to just ditch the call before you can get anywhere. But um, I used to know a plaintiff uh, defense counsel guy who 
he basically defends, he was defending companies for, you know, compliance and helping them with um, these targeted litigations and consulting and whatnot. And now he's a plaintiff's attorney. So I actually asked him about a year ago because I was getting these kind of, you know, calls and it was during our um, big firestorm up here in Northern California. And the, the guy was just irate and told me to go to hell. and wanted me to burn in hell and blah, blah, blah. So I wanted to go after him. So I asked my buddy and he said, because uh, now he's working for the other, he's working with the dark side, he's working with a plaintiff attorney. He said what they train their people to do is uh, ask them to send you a brochure, contact you via email. Don't give them a real email, obviously, but set up an email where you can get them to send you something, either a brochure, you know, tell them that you're busy. Most of the times they're never going to do it, but if you were to try to look up their phone number, um, you're not always, always track these individuals. You can go to some online depo- depositories information and look up their phone numbers and you'll probably see a bunch of other people complaining, but it can be very difficult to figure out who they are without either playing along or getting them to materialize the information. Because if you're going to go try to seek damages for these calls or to get them to stop, you have to figure out who they are. And since they're doing uh, using a lot of spoofing of caller ID numbers, what's called snowshoeing of phone numbers, where they basically, by the time you found the phone number, they're already gone. They're very difficult to trace. Um, and that's why you have a big uptick in the complaint of robocalls because the government's tried to step in and employ technology to have carriers actually label their calls, which is one thing you'll start to, you're seeing probably now on most of your mobile carrier networks is you'll see calls come in and the carriers like on Verizon or AT&T, they'll label them as telemarketing or scam likely because they're, they're looking at the network traffic and saying, Hey, uh, does this, this dude's calling a thousand people? Yeah, exactly. So they've, the interesting thing there, and this is one thing that we do help on lead buyers that are, you know, part of sales hammer and our other customers is with the kind of number reputation that's out there. So as these, networks with T-Mobile, AT&T, Sprint, Verizon, Comcast are trying to employ privacy solutions on their network. What's happening is they're trying to anticipate what a robocall is. And the technology, along with the apps that are out there that are flagging these calls, they're flagging a lot of these lead gen calls. And so what's happening is you you get a company who they've got a new set of leads from let's say sales hammer. They've got um, a new campaign set up. They've got a pretty recent phone numbers that they're using so they can track everything back and they go to call people. And what's, what's happening is their calls are coming up as scam likely or telemarketers. So the, the carriers networks are basically falsely identifying them as robocallers. And so we started seeing this happen with our customers about a year ago. And we went and um, partnered with a couple of the analytics firms that are driving this data so that our lead buying customers can use us to preview and monitor that caller ID information so they don't end up being uh, flagged incorrectly. Because that's the other flip side of the lead business is not only, you know, as you know, about speed to call, it's about connectivity. And so if your numbers get tagged by the networks, by these analytics firms that the government is basically given a free pass to label calls, you're gonna get people that won't answer it because it'll go, they'll let it go to voicemail, 
or um, it'll come up as being blocked. And the blocking mechanisms, there's a whole range of things that come back over the phone. Some is a busy, some comes back as a busy, some is a disconnect, and others actually have employed almost like a a reverse um, avatar, which is basically like a fake human. Then you listen to these recordings and it sounds like a real person, but they're basically just messing with telemarketers by employing this technology. And so that's the other uh, issue that's pretty related to this whole issue of the illegal calls is that the government has let the cat out of the bag to allow the carriers to basically block their own traffic, which is ironic in the sense because now they're stopping their revenue, but it's, it's caused these lead buyers and companies who are calling their own co- clients that are running, you know, fairly legitimate traffic to not be able to get their calls through. And so that's a big issue with the lead buyers because they'll buy, they'll buy a lead, you know, or buy leads from sales or, you know, their kind of go-to sources. And then their performance drops down and who do they blame? They're going to blame the lead, the lead seller. They're going to blame their dialer company. They're going to blame their phone networks when it actually goes back to the reputation that's um, permeating their caller ID numbers. Yeah. Well, when it comes to sales hammer, you know, what are you doing for them that makes it unique that nobody really, or not many do? Well, that's actually a really good question. And um, basically what we've done is we've integrated our detection technology for things like these serial litigators and for providing the information, the visibility on leads so that companies can make the decision of eliminating TCPA litigators based on their phone number and their history and their traffic pattern so they don't get uh, run afoul and, and stuck with somebody who's basically running a entrapment or a lawsuit firm. So what we've done that's unique is actually integrated into that lead flow so that that all happens uh, behind the scenes. And then the, the company itself, either, you know, that doesn't have to go take the data, go outside of uh, sales hammer and do any kind of extra work right now in the clients that I work with um, tech resources are scarcity. You want to get a project done. It's usually, pretty far out. So having something that's got pre-built APIs and the ability to already accomplish this inside of that whole equation so that, again, you can get to that speed to lead uh, scenario and eliminate all these little hops along the way, that's very attractive because people want solutions that work, you know, with other platforms, but they don't want to have to do the, you know, connecting the dots, basically. So that's right. We're a, a part good i just threw it that's right that's right because <laughs> dude at the end of the day i mean you know if you want to get called because you're looking for solar you know you're expecting a call now what company i could care less if i'm interested in insurance i put my name i'm interested in getting some insurance a, a lead provider uh sells that lead to 10 different companies you know they all start calling me blowing up my phone if i if i do business with the first one you know boom I, I already, I already bought people start calling me next thing. You know, I'm getting a hundred calls, a thousand calls. Cause that lead provider sold it to a million people. Well, you can't really, you can't really stop that. Can you? Well, that's actually a good question. That's really the, the nice thing on the sales help hammer platform 
is they have the technology in there so that, you know, they, if you're, if you're a lead buyer, you can set your own preferences in there. Right. So you can say, I don't want leads that are litigators. I don't want leads that are uh, recently on the do not call list. Uh, I don't want leads that are duplicated with other vendors. You can set those preferences in there. And so that you can basically have your own kind of lead management system, uh, at least the way I understand it, that's sitting behind the scenes so that you can basically accept the leads that you want. Right. Cause that's nice. always a problem in the lead buying space. You get somebody who, you know, like I said, they get somebody who opts into solar and then they go sell that company to a hundred people. Well, guess what? Usually the first, you know, your first couple people you talk to or who you're going to buy from. I mean, that's how sales one-on-one works, right? How's your, it's going to be the first couple of people. Good. Yeah. Go ahead. Keep going. It's going to be the first couple of people. It, yeah. You should be the first couple of people that you talk to. Then anything after that, it all starts to seem the same. And, you know, if you're solving their, if you're solving their problem and their interest, um, you're, you're going to have a better shot at closing that deal. So maybe you don't want the lead after it's, you know, been bought, you know, so many times, maybe you do, maybe you want the stuff that, you know, a lot of these people are going back in the lead business and going back to age leads from, you know, four or five months ago, because when the meltdown hit back in March, they closed their contact center. They couldn't even handle the traffic. They weren't staffed for it. They weren't able to go virtual and get everything set up. So you get people now that are going back on age leads. So maybe that's your strategy because you can get those at a lower cost and you get something that's fresh. I mean, I think what people, what's interesting about the lead business is, you know, you've got a, a good qualified solar lead or a healthcare lead right now. I mean, it's fetching a pretty good premium. Um, so, you know, if you're paying, let's say 50 or hundred bucks a lead and you just paid for a lead that you can't call because um, it's a litigator or because your caller ID number is um, been tagged by the networks you've just basically spent money that you can't um, you can't recuperate from. So, um, and the last thing you want to do is, you know, pay for basically end up paying for a lawsuit because that's, that's really where a lot of these litigators have made their living is in the lead gen circles because they know if they put their information out there, there's a pretty good chance they're going to get a text, a call or multiple uh, texts or calls that they can use in, in their, um, in their complaints. If you're buying leads, you want to make sure you buy from someone that messes with the DNC, correct? The contact center compliance. And you want to ask those questions of how are you handling DNC? How are you getting consent? How are you, how, how are you confirming if you do get consent that that person really is who they said they are. And more, more importantly, can you back it up? Right. So the most common complaint with lawsuits with TCPA is an oldie, but goodie, which is, um, you know, company gets consent underneath TCPA with all the opt in the check boxes and the person turns around and says, well, that wasn't me. I never did that. I wasn't even home. I was at the dentist. How could that be me? So you have to have some way to capture that information because at some point someone's going to challenge that. And if you can't back it up, you might as well just write them, write these litigators a check and keep them, keep them in business. You know, that's kind of what I think the, 
Go ahead. Guilty till proven innocent. That's right. I mean, it, it caught the average cost of a TCPA lawsuit is in the hundreds of thousands of dollars between attorney's fees and settling. And you get into a class action, you're going to be north of a million real quick. And that's really what these guys prey on is the fact that, you know, getting good counsel and defending this is expensive. And it's also, it's not good for the PR department. So if, if it floats up to the media that here you got, you know, this well-respected company and they were supposedly running some lead gen scheme or doing something, maybe they get spun out of control. They want to keep a lid on things and that's really what they prey on, but it's, it's really uh, escalated in the last um since the last six months, because like I said, you get these people that literally they, they, and I've seen them put these things up on Twitter that'll say like, you know, fishing for TCPA dollars is a stay at home sport now. Right. I mean, it's literally what they do day in and day out. They have more time to do it. And um, most of the decisions, you know, are rarely fought actually in the courtroom. You know, it's usually, you know, settlement. So if you can nip that in the bud early on, get a, get a, a lead uh, seller that's got integrated compliance solutions where you don't have to work at, worry about it. So you can sleep at night like sales hammer and nip it in the bud. Exactly. Like sales hammer. Sales hammer.io smart. They went through the whole shebang. They want to make sure nobody's getting sued and in court, they just want to make sure you're at the bank closing these leads, man, the lead business is crazy. So Ryan, you've been doing it since 2003. 2003. And before with, this particular company doing compliance. So it's 15, 16 years, 17 years now. How do you say, and, how uh, do you stay, how do you stay in a, in a, in a, in a upbeat mood? Like all day long, people calling you, MFing you don't call us. Well, we need help. People yeah, calling I mean, us don't want to listen. Mang, 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 all day, every day. Does that bother you? It doesn't because at the end of the day, like I said, we're kind of the good guys. We're kind of here to help the companies that are trying to comply. We're not helping the folks that are trying to get around the law. So who's calling um, you? And who's calling you companies that are smart enough to say, look, we just want to be compliant. So let's call the DNC.com. Let's call contact center compliance and have them help us get compliant. So we, we work with all kinds of different companies. Uh, solar companies is a good example. I mean, we, yeah, but if uh, I have people listening in the audience, why would they call you if they need what? If they need help trying to reach their customers, either through voice or text, and they want to make sure that they're not being targeted for any of this serial litigation and to make sure that their phone numbers actually get through to the consumers with the call blocking and labeling. And also to make sure that their phone numbers aren't being used by the bad guys, because that's the, that's the real dirty side of the business is, where people will steal or spoof your phone numbers, run a bunch of illegal campaigns. All of a sudden your inbound contact center is blowing up and you have no idea and un- you have to undo all that damage. And so we have ways to make sure that you can preserve that reputation, make sure you get your calls through, make sure you're not getting sued and, and have the, the safe Harbor protection that basically is provided underneath the law, if you do certain things, right. And that's kind of why if you look at like sales hammer, for example, 
that's a pretty compelling story if you have an issue with compliance where it's not just we did the minimum to comply. It's we went out of our way to scrub real time. We were doing things above and beyond the minimums. And that's really where you know, if you have to fight these claims off, you've got a real distinct advantage is if you had actually employed technology, you had a uh, uh, set up the different parameters around safe harbor so that you actually have a set of documentation, a set of um, due diligence that you can use to basically fight these guys off, right? Because you can be the company that pays these guys off day in, day out, or you can be one that basically tells them that, hey, you don't have a case. We scrub real time. We have more than enough documentation to back, back this up. I mean, you can make that decision. And I think a lot of companies, it's really reached that tipping point between, look, we're done paying these people off. We don't have an unlimited budget to just write them a check every time. So let's do something about it. Now you're talking. Now you're talking my language. Well, folks, I think you heard it pretty clear. If 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 you want to be compliant, you better get a you better get a hold of Dave. Hey, or Ryan. Hey, hey, Ryan. I'm just uh, talking to Dane on on the text. He's asking, you know, how's it going? I said, dude. At the end of the day, sales hammer is like in a dangerous industry. If you're selling leads, you're somewhat playing with fire, aren't you? It, it is. It's like handling nitroglycerin. Um, you, you've got to be careful and you can't take everybody's word for it. Like I said, you got to do your own due diligence. You got to make sure that you're working with people you trust. And these litigators, I mean, they're, they're wolves in sheep's clothing, man. They will play along with, hey, I'm interested. Yeah, for sure. Call me at this number. Wait a sec. Then my number, the phone's going to die. Can you text me over here? And then they get a hold of the, the customer surgeon, service agent. And then they're like, well, yeah, you know, I used to work in a call center. Don't you guys have sort of, some sort of dialer or some sort of technology you're using? They, they will try to eke information out of them and they prey upon their desire to sell a product to basically get them to follow the sales train tra- trail. Meanwhile, they're leaving all these breadcrumbs and they're documenting it. So behind the scenes, all these calls, texts, where you maybe didn't have consent, they're just trying to rack up damages on you. And so they've, they've, they're exploiting the law, but they're also exploiting what's not, what really drives me uh, bonkers is an industry that's trying to provide jobs. I mean, lead generation, contact center, these are employing people that, you know, they're trying to work from home in a lot of cases. And so... You know, they're they're vulnerable to these um, plaintiff firms that you know they they realize that you know it's not just something you can you know sue and hire a law firm. A lot of these are people who go uh, you can buy a kit online. You can go to different uh, websites and it'll it'll show you exactly how to sue a company. And so now you've got kind of these. Um, off the grid type folks that never sued before, but all of a sudden think, Oh, I'm going to get 1500 bucks a call or 500 bucks a call. And then you get other people who they are enticed into suing because they see it billboard. I see, you know, Morgan and Morgan down in Florida for the people, we can get your money back. So it's just a, it's, it's really become, um, kind of the, almost to be expected. Like, if you start talking to a lot of these lead buyers 
you know, we go to Leeds Con every year, or at least we did the virtual one this year, which you start talking to these people and they've all been targeted in some way or the other. And the guys who are targeting the Leeds industry, the lead buyers, they're your more sophisticated litigators because they know how to play this entrapment game. And that's why it's, it is, it's almost like you're always going to have issues in that space for all kinds of different things. Um, but with compliance, you can put some controls and some measures in place that, you know, look, we didn't have this problem of, of you know, these litigators five, six years ago to the extent that it is now. Um, and if you start talking to folks in the lease industry, it'll come up because after you kind of get them to warm up to you, they'll admit that they've been targeted um, usually by the same cast of characters that, you know, for, that's the fortunate thing is, it is a, it's a small amount of individuals in, in the sense that um, it's not everybody that's doing this, but the ones that are out there, um, they're trying to, you know, they're trying to take down a little bit of the industry. One, one, uh, one lead buyer at a time. Yep. Folks, you better make sure you're paying attention. You don't want to get a letter and you definitely don't want to be calling people that don't want to be called. Ryan, I appreciate you coming in. Or you didn't come in. We got the Zoom meeting going. Where are you at there? The Sonoma, you said? Yeah, I live in uh, Sonoma County, north of San Francisco. So we're uh, we're based in Santa Rosa. And uh, interesting thing about our company is um, been around since 2003. We've kind of a niche player in the space. And um, the other, I would say, tidbit of a fun fact is the owner of our company is a winemaker up here. So Nice to come for a visit and we'll have to get you a bottle out there to get on the show. And, uh, so it's always a nice, uh, item to bring out as for a giveaway for trade shows and things like that. But yeah, it's a beautiful day out here and there's, there's no fires today. So I can't complain. Good man. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to help our listeners navigate the nonsense of compliance, the world of compliance, the craziness known as the law, because you never know when those things change. So folks, Go to dnc.com if you're interested in that. Ryan, how do they get a hold of you? You got social media just, or anything? Uh, yeah, you can. they can just hit me up uh, at ryan at dnc.com. Um, you can also find me on LinkedIn um, or you can drop me a line. Um, always able, always interested in talking to people about compliance and trying to help get them on the right path and give them a little education and you know help them with technology and get them hooked up so that, you know, they can sleep at night. And I suggest you guys do it. Folks, like I said, when I started, make sure you tag this, share it out. If you are not necessarily buying leads or in this kind of situation, but you might know someone who does or is. So make sure you share this out. Until next time, keep it real. This is Dropping Bombs with The Real Bradley. Subscribe at Dropping Bombs dot com.